for another episode of Real True Facts, the Real True Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Anne Margaret. And I am Patrick Morita. Not that one. Not that one. Not that one. Not no. that one. Uh, Patrick, I, I guess Christmas is coming early this year because today's show is all about elves. Oh, you know what? We talk about the, the topics and we decide and we're, you know, work on it. And, um, and you manage to every week just kind of say one little simple line that makes me rethink everything. For some <laughs> reason, I did not think about Christmas elves yeah. The entire time uh, uh, leading up to this, I thought about woodsy elves, even the the, the uh, cookie making type shoes, yeah, Peeler, and yeah. yeah, dark elves. Even you know, just oh, going oh, dark elves. I miss that one. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and you know, realizing oh, we just did a show about fairies. Are fairies related to elves, and you know, all that kind of stuff. But for some reason, I missed the uh, the obvious. I didn't Christmas. even think about Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. I mean, my knowledge of elves is very limited. I. Uh, I had Buddy the Elf, you know, the Christmas Elf. And then there's Keebler, the tree cookies. And then uh, Legolas. We, Legolas. We've got the Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. That's the yeah, um, like sexy, Orlando yeah, sexy, Bloom. Yeah, sexy elf. Yeah, I feel like he kind of set the new standard for, for elves. So you, you can have a hot person and just put pointy ears on them, and I guess they're an elf at that point. Yeah, really. I think. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's the and a slight bit of androgyny, if it, you know, because he does have yeah. some sort of, you know, kind of feminine features in a way. But uh, yeah, I mean, you take a good-looking person, and I, yeah, I immediately, yeah, elf. That's uh, that's Orlando Bloom. Well, I think that's a elf characteristic is that they have to have this otherworldly. Uh, beauty towards them that um, would also probably account for their inherent trustworthiness i think oh, we established yeah. that in one of our earlier episodes yes. that good looking people are um they seem yeah. so but are uh, in fact more trustworthy so that maybe that's the connection maybe that's okay. why we want to trust elves because sure. i you know yeah when elves come up i don't think oh those darn elves no. i think ooh. You know, oh, oh, yeah. I hadn't mm. even thought about that too. See, you're you're planning ideas in my head because I have never once been repulsed by an elf. Right. I mean, I don't think I've ever been like excited by an elf, but I've never been. Ooh, gross! Yeah, yeah, I've never yeah, been, I've never been gross. like oh, gross. That's, right, yeah. that's dwarves or or like trolls. Yeah, maybe you're like oh, trolls. Yeah, but elves, no, elves, they're always. No regal and beautiful and gift uh, yeah. giving maybe or at least yeah. they help they help give presents i guess yeah yeah the the santa uh, of uh, the santa variety yeah, yeah i think yeah. so but yeah i thought there you know that, that's a pretty strong connection we had a lot of positive um a lot of positive feedback from uh, our uh, episode that was that we just released about fairies so um, it uh, it made sense to kind of say, oh, well, while we're tackling this, let's just go ahead and take on elves as well. Yeah, we're in that zone. I, I think even when we were mentioning fairies, I think one of us brought up elves um, in, in some capacity. So I think it was just on our minds at that point. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of minds, uh, should we go ahead and tap into our, our expert, our big brain? 
our, our, our main mind here. Yeah, let's bring him up from the science bunker. Dr. Seymour, howdy doody. Well, hello, team. How are we doing this week? Just well. Good, good. Now, thanks for coming back again. I know um, you're keeping busy there in the lab. Um, and, you know, last week we talked about fairies, and this week we're talking about elves. Mm. So, um, you know, they, they are, I think they're similar, but, um, you know, is, is there anything that, um, that, you, that came to mind after uh, last week's episode that may uh, that you maybe want to relay this week that you thought oh you know what that kind of relates to fairies and elves when it comes to weird uh, uh, unlikely evolution or anything like that yeah that's one of the things we we've ended up talking about more than a few times whether it's about a a cryptid or last week when we were talking about the fairies was you know the, those small differences in in evolution leading to a uh, potentially unlikely outcome whether it be man or beast and uh one of the things that we we hadn't really gotten into is kind of a more and uh limited um experience with elves but i was able to do a little research with this um and maybe seeing some some ancient version maybe not ancient medieval versions of uh what we have happening now with dog breeders where we we got to get this hypoallergenic dog to out to the public. Well, did we? Did, there, there seems to be, and it's one of those like hidden behind some doors situations. But was there some selective breeding that was happening um, several hundred years ago that ended up creating these uh, hybrid races or these hybrid uh, human being, um, human like? There we go. Um, races that that kind of uh, started to what do you want to say a slip into fantasy but maybe only not because they don't exist but only because we're not supposed to talk about that sort of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and that seems to be a recurring theme and a lot of these things we cover is um it, this stuff has been around for a while, you know, it's not that, uh, just five or 10 years ago, someone made up elves and started talking about it. Um, that's why we, uh, I think that's where the truth comes in. Uh, truth has uh, a bit of stickiness to it. And so things that have truth, uh, they stick around. Well, and I think too, about, um, how a lot of things hide in plain sight. I recall our episode, one of uh, one of our episodes about aliens and how the concept of the service dog uh, was brought up. And Dr. Seymour, you jogged my memory when you, when you said this about the hypoallergenic dogs, but the idea of the service dog was to hide uh, aliens. That, that was sort of like how they were, you know, getting by everybody was that if you, have them hide in plain sight and and have you know service dog certification it's like well that's why those things are there so you know i I think about elves you know they could be among us all they have to do is put on a hat you know they pull their Mm -hmm. hat down it covers up their pointy ears and uh and there they are so um yes very easily and i and i think it would be one of those situations where we humans would, would, you know, potentially politely look the other way, but the elves would be very keen to it. So keen to the presence of other elves. So it's a race that could survive for generations upon generations amongst us, like you said, where, where they would find their own kind and continue to 
to thrive. All the while, we're looking around for somebody trying to figure out who's making the shoes in the middle of the night or who's making the putting the stripes on the cookies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I often get confused about where my shoes come from. And uh, and it seems like um, you know we have a tendency to trivialize some of these other um, species. You know, whether it's fairies or elves or or other crypt you know cryptids like a Bigfoot uh, and uh, going into things less humanoid. Um, it, it seems like we have a, a tendency over time in history to trivialize them and uh, say, oh, well, that's only fantasy or that's fairy tale, that's make-believe. And, I, you know, it makes me wonder if there was a point in time where it, it wasn't, where it was just, oh, well, that's a lizard, that's an elf, you know. And then over time, we, um, you know, they've been hiding in plain sight and they, uh, we just kind of turned them into um, a source of entertainment. Yes. And, um, and especially with elves, I mean, each of these kind of obviously has its own unique history and story and, and traits, but the elves have not just recently, but always been portrayed as somewhat magical, but in many ways, as we were saying at the beginning, superior in terms of abilities, in terms of maybe even attractiveness, all of those things. So it, it, it's, it's just human nature to say, oh, no, that, that's not real. There's not a group that's just like us, except a little bit better. So that, that's something somebody made up. And, oh, excuse me. And um, it becomes easier and easier with each generation or each, um, you know, every, every decade that passes to, to convince yourself that if, if the previous group also said no there that that was just that was just a few people like this or that and then you just kind of the story the story of the elves um itself becomes more mystical where the the ability to deny it also becomes stronger Hmm. so when we're looking at the biology of something like this you know where we spoke last week about Mm -hmm. how it could be possible that a a fairy could be this tiny thing and and fly and we, we brought up um, gliding and, you know, different species that, um, you know, would have that sort of, uh, trait like squirrels or sugar, sugar gliders or something like that. So when we're looking at elves, I mean, obviously the characteristics are the pointier ears. Are, are we looking at some, at, at a species that's really good at hearing? How, how has the ear evolved with something like an elf? Yeah. Um, that's, that's hard to say because we, we, we often look at the, the big-eared animals and assume that they're excellent at hearing, but rabbits are actually garbage at hearing. So mm-hmm. the, the shape of the ear, especially its pointiness, has, has much less to do with a, a, a certain ability as to do with either intentional or completely random um, kind of pointy-eared people finding other pointy-eared people attractive, or in this case, mm-hmm. the, the elves there. So it, it, this is one of those, and maybe maybe our expert would be able to weigh in a little bit more to see is this a, a cause or an effect over the years, or maybe it's just, uh, maybe they don't have pointy ears. Um, and, it, and it's just a convenient um, storytelling or uh, gimmick that we now use in uh, in the movies, but um, 
but yeah, that that one's tough because it it, it seems like there's something there, but at least from my research and and my evolutionary knowledge, there's there's no cause to that effect. Fascinating. So it it could very well just be a, a cosmetic thing, something that's pleasing to them, so they have kept it around. Yeah, like kind of like a, a an ear binding situation. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and I I'm glad that someone finally went on the record uh, when it comes to rabbits in their hearing. They're just really pretty awful, and um, you know we just make all these assumptions, but that's yeah. just one of those tidbit tidbits that uh, we offer on Real True Facts. You know, if you don't get anything else out of this episode. You get some, you know, some grounded knowledge in rabbit uh, hearing. Yeah, rabbits, rabbits are trash. Uh, thank you, Dr. Seymour. Um, I, I suppose we'll send you back down in the lab uh, unless you want to stick around. Oh, no, we're uh, we're really busy in the lab. I'm super excited to to make the time each week. But, man, if we're not, we've got a lot of pots on the stove right now. So I better better get back at it. Only All one right. of those is a literal pot. Oh, we are geez. working on dinner, too, but. Um, but it's, it's good to, always good to connect. All right. Scientists got to eat too. All right. Dr. Seymour, thank you so much. We'll send you back down in the bunker, get you back on your way here. And why don't we take a quick little break? And when we come back, we'll talk to our special guest today about elves. Welcome back to Real True Facts. Our guest today is Luther Van Gershen. He has a PhD in 16th century elven origins and mythologies from Oxford University. Luther Van Gershen, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here to talk about the wonderful world of elves. Oh, is that a, uh, a German accent I'm hearing? Uh, no, no, not at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know that we need to make assumptions here, but thank you so much for for joining us. Um, that's a pretty heavy duty resume there. Um, first of all, what got you? You know, was there a moment in your life where you said, "Hey, I really want to study," you know, elves and this kind of stuff? Well, as children, we all grew up um, listening to folk tales, uh, Aesop's fables, and one of the things that I always uh, enjoyed the most were listening to the wonderful stories of all of the elves um, that are in the stories. Uh, so I, I really wanted to study at Oxford. I had my choice of finance or dentistry, uh, but I really wanted to just focus on my love and passion of elves. And, and really, there is no expert in elven culture. And oh. I'm very, very pleased to be here today talking to you because um, I literally uh, do not have enough opportunities to talk about elves and all of the wonderful joy that they bring our world. Oh, well, here's your platform. This is this is what you can do today. So uh, we're very happy to have you on. Uh, yeah, I mean, our, I mean, I don't know if you stuck around for the beginning of the show, but our mm. knowledge of elves is very rudimentary. So I guess, can you just run us through what exactly an elf is? Because we, we have a lot of assumptions here that we're making, and we want to get it right. Yeah, so uh, elves uh, actually um, were first discovered in the... Black Forest in Germany, uh, also known as the Schwarzwald. Uh, it's in the state of Baden-Württemberg in southwest Germany. Um, they are human-esque is the best way to describe them. Um, uh, sort of a hybrid between uh, a human um, and um, really an, an, an otherworldly uh, spiritual being. 
Um, they are not 100% human, but if you were to take a DNA strand of an elf, uh, you would find part of the human genome in them. Um, but uh, they are so much more than human. Um, I don't want to use, nor do I like to use the word godlike, but they certainly have godlike uh, qualities. Um, they are shapeshifters, so mm. they can change uh, their appearance. Um, they are, to the human eye, always 100% attractive. Um, a lot of the mythology around leprechauns um, or other uh, t uh, unattractive type elves uh, are simply 100% false, or as you Americans like to say, fake news. Mm. Um, and and if you were to see or to meet an elf, you would automatically be uh, uh, entranced by their powers um, and be completely encompassed um, by their attractiveness. Wow. So uh, we were, yeah, it yeah. seems like, uh, as you mentioned earlier, and it uh, there's a pretty uh, big case here of hiding in plain sight. Is that... Mm. Uh, is that the case, Doctor, where it sounds like elves are all around us and we um, just either don't acknowledge it or fear it or maybe they don't want us to know? Yes. Uh, thank you for bringing that up, Patrick, um, because it's something I'm very passionate about. Um, after the publication of the very famous uh, Tolkien novels, Lord of the Rings, um, elves uh, all of a sudden came into the forefront of our society and people started to collect them. Um, as if they would collect uh, elephant tusks or uh, bear hides or lion teeth. And so uh, they had to go into hiding, uh, quite frankly, because people did not respect their independence. They did not view them as uh, uh, on the same level as humans. And so you saw this great exodus of elves um, in our, our, our modern day society in the 1700s and 1800s, because people were literally collecting them um, and putting them on their shelves, um, which of course you see now is very popular and something that I find to be extremely offensive. The, of course, elf on the shelf uh, program. Oh. Yes, very hurtful. Um, and I encourage all of your listeners, please, if anything, please, we must stop this elf on the shelf campaign and you can follow my hashtag hashtag stop elf on shelf um, to support this cause because really what we're doing is we're creating an entire new generation of of children uh, that do not respect uh, the um, liberty and freedoms uh, that uh, one gets as an elf I mean they literally are uh, an equal citizen but for some reason um, we just like to collect them and and put them as part of some sort of Christmas um, holiday uh, experiment, and it's mm -hmm. it's very hurtful. So yeah. I'm actually I've heard of Elf on the Shelf, but I that's uh, what 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 is this? Where did it come from? Is this a was it uh, a a book or I mean, is it like a doll that you put on the shelf? I I'm just not familiar with. I, I've heard of it, but um, I since I don't have kids myself, maybe that's why I'm not from more familiar. Thank you for the question, Patrick. First of all, it's an abomination. And I mean, let me make that perfectly clear. Uh, this elf on the shelf, obviously, we're all familiar with the mythology that elves somehow create and build toys for Santa Claus and some type of 
um, slave labor environment, which just is utterly false. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah, I've yeah. heard of that one. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm with and, you so far. And I'm here to de- debunk that myth that uh, there are elves, quote unquote, at the North Pole that are building toys for all the boys and girls uh, and work for this uh, tyrant overseer dictator known as Saint Nick. Uh, just not true. Okay. Um, the the the, the Elf on the Shelf program uh, was born out of this uh, horrible, uh, horrendous lie. And uh, somehow uh, American children seem to believe that if they misbehave, uh, that this Elf on the Shelf is somehow watching them at all times and will, in fact, report back to Santa Claus uh, oh. their ill uh, behavior. And and really what it all boils down to, Patrick and, and Margaret, is is just lazy parenting, okay? Mm-hmm. Because as many of you have seen uh, through various social media platforms that the elf on the shelf is now coming out in October or September, and I see countless parents pointing to the elf on the shelf and saying, you had better behave or you will not get any Christmas presents. And frankly, I think it's diminishing the magic uh, that are elves. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you were reluctant to say godlike, but the uh, reverence that you have for elves seems to be um, on that level. So, you know, the elf on the shelf it doesn't even seem like a stereotype. It seems so beneath what an elf actually is. I think yes, and and thank you, Anne, for recognizing that because that is exactly it. Um, elves have the ability, the magical powers to, as I mentioned before, shape shifts. They can shift into different uh, creatures or beings. You could, as you mentioned earlier on on this podcast, uh, uh, talk to a rabbit who could in fact be an elf. Uh, and and they also contain the magical powers of influence, and so they can whisper in your ear and um, and 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 have really uh, taken over kingdoms. Uh, in 15th century uh, Slovenia, uh, there's an interesting story of Olaf the elf who actually um, would visit the emperor at night and convinced him to uh, break up his empire. And that is uh, where democracy truly was born, not in uh, Greece as the Greeks would like you to uh, believe. Okay, so... um so we're dealing with powerful uh, beings that uh, perhaps they um, are very influential. They want to um, be with uh, humans of prominence. Is that correct? Yes, that's that's exactly it. I mean, I, I, I mean, look, you could say that elves are in uh, in hiding in plain sight. I would agree with you on that, Patrick. But. Uh, they are here um, uh, to influence uh, the direction of our world because of the victimization that they uh, experienced uh, throughout what they call uh, the Tolkien years. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it's similar to, uh, you know, post-World War Germany, um, where we want to ensure that this does not happen again, um, this, this collection of elves on the shelves, which in a way was its own genocide. And I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I know that's a controversial statement, but uh, we, we must protect these elves and ensure that their magical powers um, uh, remain magical and that uh, they're not just some type of keepsake that we throw around in our house. Um, they are extremely influential. They are extremely magical and they're powerful beings not to be tried with 
So you've brought up uh, uh, these Tolkien uh, novels a few times, and this is something mm-hmm. we actually discuss with m- m- many of our our topics on Real True Facts. Yes. Is uh, what do, what did the media, or in this case, you know, before there was really the traditional media that we know today, what did they get right? And it sounds like the the whole Christmas thing, you know, that that's you know that's wrong. Um, but as far as other portrayals of elves in the media or in fiction, mm-hmm. um, what's what would you say has been accurate and what has been has not been accurate? That's a, a wonderful question. And let, let me just say, um, I'm, I'm not sure if there's a disclaimer at the beginning of this uh, podcast. I certainly don't want to um, ruin uh, the, the, a childhood by debunking this elf on the shelf myth or the fact that elves truly don't help Santa Claus uh, build toys. So if uh, if you're a parent, um, I would encourage you to not let your children listen to this podcast if you want to uh, keep the abhorrent um, practice of, of, of making elves raise your children. Um, uh, but it's a great question, Patrick. Um, yes, they do in fact have pointy ears. Okay. And, oh, um, okay. and I don't, uh, I, I respect Dr. Seymour. Um, he is, uh, an expert in many areas. Uh, but, uh, they do have, uh, superhuman hearing because of the shape of their ears. I want to make that perfectly clear. Okay, um, they they can hear uh, the, uh, the evolution of having uh, been bred and living in a forest for many centuries has uh, caused them, uh, like a deer or an antelope, uh, to be able to have uh, uh, protect uh, their surroundings and to be able to listen to possible predators. Unfortunately, those predators have have now become human. Um, they are uh, they are not great at uh, bows and arrows uh, as depicted. Um, oh. Yeah, they are not great archers. Um, I just mm. want to make that perfectly clear. Yeah, um, that's a big one for me. That's unfortunate. They are they are average archers at best, um, mm. and and really they are not violent. They're, they're, for, for the most part, they're politicians. As we mentioned earlier, they're here to influence. Um, they're here to uh, create uh, restrained whimsy. Uh, they are here to um, uh, and enlighten and 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 expand your horizons. Uh, they are not uh, uh, archers that stand on a wall waiting for some old white dude to come down a mountain and light up a bunch of orcs. That's just not part of the yeah. whole Elven culture. Sure. And, and again, mm-hmm. I apologize for having to be the one to speak the truth. No, uh, no, but- no apology necessary. This is real, true facts. And you know, if people's feelings get hurt. Uh, sorry. So you know. be it. So that's be what it. We're that's that's yeah. what we're here for. We're here for that. But it, that that's where, this is where it begins. I mean, it begins mm-hmm. here with your amazing uh, podcast to be able to spread this truth. And again, yeah. follow me on, on hashtag Stop Elf on the Shelf, please. Yes, yes, please do. So uh, are we looking at sort of a, a muse kind of relationship between elf and human? Because it sounds like it could easily be um, vengeance for elves, but you said they're not violent. So are they now here to inspire us a bit more? Would I blame them for seeking vengeance right now? No, I would not blame them for seeking vengeance, but that is not uh, what their directive is. That is not uh, what they are born to do. Uh, they, they simply want to be left alone. Um, mm-hmm. They are creatures of the forest that somehow got dragged into the dredges of society. Um, and, and unfortunately, they have to flex their elven muscles. 
Uh, and although they are uh, significantly smaller than the average human being and all are, are, are very tiny, uh, they're very powerful. And, and if you were to encounter an elf, which many of you have, I assure you, and, and Patrick, you have both met an elf at some mm. point or another, possibly um, a college party, uh, a kegger, as I believe you guys call them. Mm, uh, sure. You know, they, 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 they try to blend in as best they can, um, but they're extremely influential. Um, you, you take uh, somebody on Instagram that has three million followers, that isn't nearly the type of influence that one single elf has. Wow. That's a lot of influence. Jeez. Very powerful. Um, I'm trying to think who who in our society um, would be directly, uh, you know, in a relationship with an elf. Maybe that's something we can explore when uh, we come back from a little break. Yes. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're back here on Real True Facts. This week we are discussing elves with Dr. Luther Van Gershen. Um, doctor, thank you uh, so much again for uh, joining us this joining us this week and shedding so much light onto all these different um, uh, tropes that we are, you know, uh, are familiar with. Some we aren't, and uh, you know, uh, settling the the fact for us. Of course. No, I'm, I'm extremely excited to be here and, and to share my vast knowledge of elves and their culture. So before we went on the break, you said that we have most likely or, you know, almost definitely encountered elves in our, our life, live lifetimes, mm-hmm. lifetimes. That's a difficult plural. Yeah. Um, so how would someone know? Uh, what kind of indicators? Because because you said they are shapeshifters, so I assume <laughs> that can make things a bit tricky. Are there any indicators other than this person is extremely uh, charismatic or attractive, influential? Are there any other things we might be able to look at or notice? Like, hey, this might be a, an elf I'm now meeting. Of course, I mean, uh, you know. Uh, one of the things that I would say is that um, in many uh, instances, you might feel that um, when you encounter somebody, whether it's a, a, a cashier at a gas station, for example, or, or, or maybe possibly a, a stock person at the Walmart, uh, and you engage this person in conversation, and yet you're transfixed by them somehow. Perhaps you would you would not expect to be taken aback by um, someone uh, just working a regular blue collar job, and yet you, you can't seem to take your eyes off them. Uh, there's some type mm. of, of, of magical pull. Um, 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 some people use it, and I and, and look, I'll say it. Uh, I believe that Bram Stoker uh, stole a lot of the elven ideas and ideologies uh, for his book uh, uh, Dracula. Um, and, and I believe very uh, much that uh, Dracula was in fact an evil elf because um, uh, they are they do exist yeah I'm so sorry to to, to break that news to you but I, I'll give you that exclusive information here on your podcast but um, uh, I digress uh, when you meet an elf uh, it, it's something in, in in the chemistry between you two that you're having with a complete stranger that would tell you in fact I am speaking with an elf that this this is not a human that I'm speaking to. Many women might call them a sociopath, uh, especially in the Los Angeles area, uh, but uh, you will feel a certain connection to this person, uh, a, a, an alluring uh, impact on you um, that will tell you, in fact, are you an elf? And I would encourage all of your listeners to, in fact, uh, say to this person, are you an elf? Oh, oh really? Come yeah, out. Just yes. come out and say it. Yes, because we need to start 
uh, 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 inclusive, inclusivity, excuse me, I have such hard uh, uh, trouble with that word, inclusivity of our elven brothers and sisters, because really uh, they are part human. And they need to uh, be included and, and create a safe environment for them. Uh, or once again, you do get an evil elf like vampire, uh, like, like, a, like a vampire uh, mm-hmm. who will use uh, this magic uh, and these mystical powers uh, for evil. Um, and uh, yes, and so uh, and the next time you're at uh, a, 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 a local roller rink and, and you run into the, uh, the souvenir guy and, and all of a sudden you find yourself transfixed by this person, just look them in the eye and, and grab them by hand and say to them, are you an elf? Mm-hmm. And then mm. just let them know that it's safe, that they can talk to you, that you're not going to, to, to try to throw them uh, a net over them and, and drag them uh, home with you to, to stick on some dusty old shelf with old novels from C.S. Lewis. Yes. Yeah, just to start a dialogue. Yeah. Now, is there any sort of trick as to they have to answer honestly, or is there any anything like that or they may just say oh no i'm not and they could be um lying i I, is there anything like that or well i I wouldn't say that they are they are forced to but i I think um through centuries of um uh, of essentially being hunted down um there's obviously a a wall that they have created emotionally as elves uh what and i i just think personally that uh just as you stated starting a conversation saying to them, look, I know, uh, or I at least I suspect that you're an elf, and I would really like to get to know you, and I don't want to capture you and use you to parent my children in the fall, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, starting that conversation, but certainly there's no magic that makes them, uh, like Wonder Woman, tell the truth, some lasso oh, okay. truth. Yeah, it doesn't work that way, Patrick. But, but again, uh, just through diplomacy, I would encourage you to – Start that conversation with them and, and let them know, uh, yes, we're here in uh, an arcade, uh, but I, we can talk to each other. Uh, yes, we're on Santa Monica Pier, but I'm just a human being trying to have a conversation with an elf. Mm-hmm. So obviously you've done this before with, uh, I'm sure, varying degrees of success. Can you speak on some of the encounters that you have had with elves yourself? Well, I... I mean, I can't honestly say that I, I have actually met an elf, and I mean, I just want to be, um, I, I'm so embarrassed, I'm, I'm 100% transparent. Um, I, I haven't actually encountered what, uh, at least an honest elf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel, in my opinion, that I have met many elves who just, and, and that's why I'm encouraging others to uh, begin this conversation uh, with them, but I, I, I can't say with any level of expertise that I've uh, uh, 100% blue tick mark uh, Mm -hmm. met an elf. Um, But, I mean, I'm certainly, there's no other greater expert in the world uh, than myself, but I I certainly, uh, I I know quite a bit about them. Well, if they're shapeshifters and, you know, you you can't really know for sure, but, you know, if you suspect and you say, it's okay if you're an elf, mm-hmm. you can talk to me. You're going to be met with a bunch of different responses from this person. you know. So it's ultimately up to them if they decide to tell you that they're an elf or not. Um, the uh, Dracula thing was very interesting mm. to me because mm-hmm. it made me wonder uh, about the uh, existence of vampires. And I'm sure mm. we could do an entire show on that. But um, vampires, are they real or are they just dark elves? 
I well, I mean, look, uh, the the jury is still out. I believe is the expression uh, that you guys uh, say. Um, but uh, I, I believe, uh, and and that will be my next uh, uh, doctoral thesis. Uh, is uh, it's my contention that elves truly are um, uh, vampires, and if you look uh, at the timeline, correct, uh, 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 elves. Uh, again, came out of the the black forest of southwest Germany um, in in the fifteenth century, uh, right around the same time um, that you begin to hear tales of woe of this uh, Dracula, as it is uh, pronounced in, in in our our times in our area. Uh, Dracula uh, uh, came out right around the same time, and and it is my uh, contention that um, uh, he uh, began to see this uh, turn happening uh toward elves um not not so much the hashtag stop the elf on the shelf but mm-hmm. more of them being uh collected and put into um sort of glass and encased in, in, in glass and 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 being collected it almost like uh as you guys uh, said in previous podcasts uh, about the fairies and the two yeah. fairies right um they he saw the same thing happening and so uh he essentially went crazy and decided to attack now the whole folklore around sucking blood and all, all of these things and turning into bats. Again, shapeshifter, right? So you see the connection. They, they can shift into bats. And so it, it is my contention. Again, um, still doing the research. Um, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I feel very strongly that elves were, in fact, uh, vampires. Wow. what a, That's a revelation to me. Mm, to many, yes. To many others. So, uh, you know, as we've discussed, there are just as there are, you know, uh, good humans and evil humans, there seem to be kind of good elves and bad elves. And uh, with beings this this powerful, as it Mm. seems, what um, do humans have any defense mechanisms Uh, Uh, Yes, absolutely. Um, I I mean, uh, obviously, uh, uh, clearly we have a size advantage, um, physically speaking, biologically speaking. Um, Elves are typically very small. Um, uh, Again, this is complete, um, uh, 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 not confirmed, but I believe Napoleon uh, was an elf. Uh, again, we talk about political influence. We talk about intelligence. We talk about um, the ability uh, to um, to conquer. And and he was very tiny. He was a very mm. tiny man. In fact, we come with this term, a Napoleon complex, right? And so, uh, to answer your question, uh, physically, uh, we can um, capture them. I and mean, we've been capturing them for hundreds of years. Uh, they're very easy to capture because they're very tiny. Unfortunately, because of their advanced ears, they can hear us coming. Uh, it actually boggles my mind how so many have actually been captured and put on shelves. But uh, it's obviously very uh, possible. Uh, what happens, Patrick, uh, is that once they've kind of enmeshed uh, a relationship with you, once they've kind of won you over, uh, uh, then it's very hard to break that influence that's on you. Uh, again, once w- once you've followed uh, the, the Kim Kardashians of the world on, on Instagram, it's very hard to un follow them you know what i'm saying so so that influence is is very emotionally uh, based uh and, and and there's a magic connection versus an actual like physical uh, attachment to these elves does that make does that make sense mm-hmm. it does to me yeah. great 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 um though i know you're very much against elf on the shelf um mm. 
as far as um, the idea of Christmas and, and using elves um, for toy uh, manufacturing and distribution, where did that come from? Because it's so deeply ingrained mm. in our society and that, that had to have come from somewhere. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and thank you for asking me that question, Anne-Margaret. I, uh, the, the origins of the myth of elves um, helping Santa Claus uh, were actually developed uh, in the 1620s. Um, there was a, a poet uh, in the 1620s, uh, very popular at the time, uh, called Nor... Nor- I, I always get the, 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 the pronunciation wrong. Norwalk. Norwalk. Uh, and and he wrote a poem, uh, Luftenstein Ikenhal, and uh, essentially what the poem was about Saint Nicholas and and how he could not possibly take on these tasks and uh, because of overpopulation and the sheer number of children around the world uh, take on uh, this in- increasing demand uh, for toy manufacturing. And uh, again, at the same time, uh, the evolution of the elf uh, was moving out of folklore and into everyday society. And so you take uh, elf in one hand and supply and demand in the other hand, and it was a very uh, simple fix. Uh, So to answer your question, a long-winded way, I apologize. Uh, A a poet uh, in the 1620s, Norwalk, uh, wrote a poem uh, and uh, and it was the very first to describe elves as assisting Santa. And again, just a, as you put it in America, all false news or fake news, uh, however you guys uh, put it, uh, just completely uh, made up. And unfortunately, uh, it set in motion a series of events that was catastrophic uh, to elves uh, in general. The misinformation is so dangerous. I mean, I, no. I, I think about... Um you know, how, uh, how the media can make things up for stories. And I don't know why, but the first thing that popped into my head was uh, that uh, the thing about lemmings and how mm. lemmings, they say lemmings will um, jump off a cliff. If, if one does, they all follow, but that wasn't true. That was just <laughs> something that was uh, done in a documentary. I, I believe the documentarian threw the lemmings off a cliff because they needed to them to do something interesting. So, and, and it, those things just become so ingrained that we, we think of, we think of, you know, elves, Oh, Christmas, we think of, you know, mm. lemmings, this is what they do. So, you know, at real true facts, we just, we really hope to stop the spread of misinformation, especially when it comes to an entire um, uh, species or society of beings that um, are just so, <laughs> otherworldly yes i mean next thing you know uh, uh all of a sudden uh they're going to start handing diet cokes to polar bears right yeah you know what i mean we see that every- and all of a sudden oh oh hello mr polar bear have a nice refreshing coca-cola no they're very dangerous creatures you do not approach them with a coca-cola just like you don't uh, take a magical uh, again godlike creature and stick it on a shelf I'm sorry. I just I, I hate to be so bold, but it's just somebody has to say it. Mm. Hopefully the change starts today with the show mm. that people listening to this going forward will rethink uh, a relatively new tradition that that they've adopted. But to uh, to stop the off on the shelf. Thank you for that. First of all, I want to thank you both Patrick Morita and Anne Margaret for your platform, uh, for having me. Uh, to be able to speak my truth 
in regards to elves and the dangers that they face in everyday society. Uh, it is, of course, a, a difficult time for, for many of us around the world um, with climate change and all of these other things that are happening to us, uh, coronavirus, of course. But um, really, you just stop for a minute and think about uh, our fellow elven uh, brothers and sisters. They aren't just creatures, um, they're people too. Beautifully said. I, I think on that we will uh, will come to a close with Dr. Luther Van Gershen, PhD. Um, before you go, what's you said you're working on a dissertation. Where where can we see this? Is this something that you're going to publish? Um, yes, I I will be publishing it through. Um, uh, if you're not familiar, Phoenix University. It's an online university. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, a very coronavirus-friendly institution. Uh, unfortunately, um, Oxford is closed at this time, and and we've I've had my disagreements with Oxford and, and the work that I've done. Um, I don't want to get into that now. Um, however, um, uh, I will make that dissertation available in the next two years um, uh, through uh, Phoenix Online University, and you'll be able to to see that as well. Absolutely. Wonderful. From uh, Oxford to Phoenix, uh, a beautiful story. Uh, Dr. Luther, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. Good day. Yeah, thanks again to uh, Dr. Luther Van Gersh. And uh, how about we take one final break and uh, come back and take a look at our uh, listener mail. Uh, Anne, how does that sound? Yeah, we got a good question today. All right. We'll be right back. to Real True Facts. Let's open our mailbag before we head out today. Our question today comes from Hydro Carnegie of Goreville, Illinois. Uh, Hydro asks, is the force real? Uh, is the force real? Love the show. Your Instagram posts are funny. Thanks. Hmm. So uh, is, is the force real? So I, I'm assuming this... Um we're talking about the force from the the Star Wars Star movie. Star Wars, well, it's, yeah, it was capitalized. Like it was like a a proper noun, I guess. The okay. force. So I'm I'm assuming it's from Star Wars. Yeah, and I I, I think it is absolutely real. It's just uh, another name for something we um, you know talk about all the time, uh, or maybe we don't talk about it all the time, but it seems to come up a lot on uh, real true facts uh, about positive uh, positive and negative energy, right? Yeah. Yeah, energy is real. It never goes away. Um, and uh, I, I admit that um, occasionally I will check to see if I have the force. Now, how do you do that? Yeah, well, like if I have to reach for something, sometimes I'll just I'll kind of put my hand out and I'll think about it really hard. Almost like a telekinesis kind of thing. Like I'll, I'll put my hand out. And I'll think about it. I'll be like, oh, I want the remote. You know, I'll think like maybe I can float the remote across the room to, you know, put on Netflix or something like that. Uh, never, never happens. But for a split second, I really feel like it's going to. So never, uh, no success yet, but it sounds like you're um, optimistic every time. Yeah. I mean, I go a long time without testing it because, you know, you don't want to do it too much. And then, you know, occasionally I'll think maybe today's the day. You know, yeah. Or, or if uh, you do it too often, you may feel like you're wearing out your, your energy or your yeah, chi yeah. or your... Yeah, you got to build it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're trying all the time, it, it could really yeah. uh, 
you have like a, a day where you feel very emotional and you're like, oh, you could, you know, the energy is palpable. I think oh, I could focus this energy like I could I could uh, push this object across the table or I, I could bring it towards me, which I, I guess is only part of the force. I mean, that's right. like the very sure. convenient part of it, the fun part of it, I guess. But, uh, you know, never, never happens. But I remain um, optimistic. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a big part of the force is just that little moment of optimism, I think, is as strong as anything else. Um, uh, we're just uh, always hoping for it to go to the next level, it sounds like. Yeah. So so maybe that is it. Maybe that's the force. Uh, either way, I, I I think it's real. You, know, you got to believe. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks again for that question. Um, uh, please email us or message us or uh, comment us your thoughts and questions. Yes. Uh, that email address is mail at realtruefactspodcast.com. Um, and if you want to listen to the show, you can do so at realtruefactspodcast.com. That'll take you to our Podbean, but we are just about everywhere else you can think of. Yes, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, um, Spotify, um, Amazon. And if there's a platform that you prefer and we're not on it, let us know. Um, but uh, And even YouTube. you yep. can uh, If you use the YouTube app, we have our podcast up there as well. Um, you can follow us on Instagram as well at Real True Facts Graham. Um, you can find more content behind the episodes. We'll put out posts whenever there's a new episode so you don't miss it. And um, also on Instagram, you can check out the um, network that we're on, uh, Podmoth Media. It's at Podmoth. Uh, great. Um, network uh, of, of shows that we're happy to be a part of their lineup. Um, their shows kind of run the gamut. There's um, a lot of supernatural stuff. There's uh, Supernatural Sisters and Leave the Lights On. That's a, a pretty scary podcast. So those can get kind of intense, but uh, check them out and keep listening to us. A lot of good stuff coming your way in the future. Yes. Yes. So yeah, uh, shoot us an email. If uh, you have a question, ask us. If it's good, we'll read it on the air, maybe even do a show about it. So, But uh, I think that is it for us today. Good stuff. So we'll say thank you to Dr. Seymour uh, once again, and thank you to our guest, Dr. Luther Van Gershen. Uh, what a, a pleasant fellow. Um, and thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in every week. We can't do it without you. Thank you, uh, thank you, thank you, our listeners all, all over the world. Um, so that's it for us today on Real True Facts. Listeners, keep questioning your world, because just because you hear about it or read about it doesn't mean it's true. We will see you next time.